0: I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power
1: of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Welcome to Life Today. Live Randy Robinson here, and I'm excited about today's program. You know, a gentleman that I've had the privilege to interview several times over the years uh, is, is Lee Strobel. And of course, The Case for Christ was, was huge. They made a really good movie out of it. Uh, and then recently, The Case for Heaven came out. And this one's this one's interesting. It doesn't quite lend itself in the way that The Case for Christ did to uh, a dramatic film, but it lends itself very well to a documentary, which is out now and you can see it we'll tell you how Uh, but first I want to show you this little trailer and then we'll be back with Lee Strobel to talk about the case for heaven watch this
1: it was the most ambitious investigation of my life I was there when you looked up into the night Can near-death experiences tell us anything reliable about life after death? And why should we trust what Jesus tells us about heaven and about hell? If we could just touch heaven for one second in this film, I think that might be enough. They are trying to find some way to live on beyond their death. They're running out of time. The whole point of the resurrection is that I wouldn't have to fear it in a sense of, oh, no, what's going to happen
0: next? I didn't really care whether I was going to heaven or hell. I have absolutely no idea what happens after we die.
1: There's something that it is to be us. There's something that it is like to be you.
0: When we die, we leave our natural bodies, but we're still ourselves. It's life on steroids. It's
1: life beyond anything we've experienced. When we close our eyes in this world, that isn't the end of our existence.
0: I mean, the best is yet to come. That is The Case for Heaven, an inspiring uh, documentary and fascinating, really. And uh, Lee Strobel is with me now. Lee, great to have you back alive today. I appreciate you being here with me on Zoom. Well, I'm glad to do it. Thanks for having me. All right. So I, I think just knowing you, that you were probably a little like me when you walked into this topic, which is a little skeptical because we hear a lot yeah. of strange things uh, and and I don't believe them all, you know. Yeah. What did you find when you started investigating this?
1: Yeah. I mean, I kind of stumbled into this in the sense that I almost died uh, several years ago. My wife found me unconscious. Hmm. Uh, I woke up in the emergency room. The doctor said to me, you're one step away from a coma, two steps away from dying. And then I went unconscious again. So i lingered between life and death for quite a while until the doctors were able to save my life. And uh, that really... Uh, Was a clarifying experience because when you're in that situation, nothing is more important than what happens when you close your eyes for the last time in this world. And that's what prompted me to um, investigate this topic. Of course, as a believer, I believe what the Bible teaches. I believe I go to heaven, but I've also got that skeptical bent, you know, from my days as an atheist, my journalism training, my legal training. And so I I needed to know, uh, how can I know for sure that heaven is real and that I'm going to spend eternity there? And that's what uh, resulted in the book, The Case for Heaven, and now the documentary, The Case for Heaven.
0: Yeah, I I, I know the Bible does talk about heaven. I, I believe in heaven. But I think sometimes it's a little bit like trying to explain quantum physics to a third grader us. Uh, so I think this is You know, something-
1: that is a very astute observation because when the Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has even conceived of what God has in store for those who love him. And you're right. I mean, think of this. Um, when the Bible's trying to tell us about heaven, um, you know, in this world, we see a certain color spectrum and it's based on the light of the sun. In heaven, the color spectrum is going to be based on the light of God we're going to see colors in heaven that we've never experienced in this world. Well, the problem with that is how do you describe a color to someone who's never seen it? You know, you can't. Yeah. And so the Bible uses a lot of figurative language, a lot of metaphors to try to hint at us to the reality of heaven and what it might be like. But that is a conundrum. It's like you said, trying to explain quantum physics to a third
0: grader. Yeah. Uh, so what about these near death experiences? Because I, yeah. I, I think a lot of times, It's our maybe the chemicals in our brains, uh, our imagination, kind of like a dream. How do we know if those are just our own uh, machinations, to use a big word, um, or or if they're something more? Yeah,
1: that's a great question. I was a skeptic about this. Uh, I thought this was just some brain chemistry issue. But then I found there are 900 scholarly articles written about near-death experiences in scientific and medical publications over the last 50 years. This is a very well-researched area. The Lancet, which is the famous medical journal in England, uh, published an article analyzing all these alternative explanations, like it's brain chemistry or oxygen deprivation or whatever. None of them the article concludes, are able to explain this phenomenon. And so what I looked at were those cases where we had corroboration, because I'm a skeptic. I need corroboration. So for instance, uh, in the case of Maria, she died in the hospital of a heart attack. So she's flatlined; She's clinically dead. But she said later, I was conscious the whole time. She said, my spirit separated from my body. I was kind of floating near the ceiling. I was watching the resuscitation efforts on my body. And then my body floated up and through and out of the hospital hospital. And when she was revived, uh, she said, oh, by the way, on the roof of the hospital, there's a man's tennis shoe and it's left footed it's dark blue. There's some wear over the little toe and the shoelace is tucked under the heel. So they go up in the roof and they find it exactly as she described it. <laughs> So that's the kind of corroboration I'm looking for, is something that says if people saw things or heard things during a near-death experience that they could not have otherwise seen or heard, that gives credibility to the fact that the Bible's telling us the truth when it says that our spirit or our soul separates from our physical body at the time of death. And by the way, that, that example I gave is just one of, there was another research project with Um, almost 100 cases of those kind of verifiable observations made during near-death experiences. And 98% of them were were accurate. So, um, and, and we have another study done of 21 blind people, half of them blind since birth and during their near-death experience they were able to see Mm. many of them for the first time in their life they saw people trying to resuscitate their bodies and so forth they saw plants they saw animals and then when they were revived they lost their eyesight again as one researcher said this is medically impossible so i think we have good evidence that when paul says that to be absent from the bodies be present from the lord uh, when jesus said to the repentant criminal on the cross today you'll be with me in paradise uh, indeed, this is confirmation that at our time of clinical death, our spirit or soul does separate from our physical body and stays alive.
0: What do the secular people that you talk, cause I know you talked to a wide range of people. Yeah. What, what do they do with this? Cause this defies science or not defies it. it it's, it's beyond science. Uh, yeah. it's, it's super natural, above the natural. How, how do they respond? Yeah,
1: I think a lot of the skepticism or criticism that comes from people who are uh, skeptics uh, is based on what I, the kind of things I used to think, oh, certainly this can be explained away as brain chemistry or something like that, mm. uh, until they see the cases of the corroboration <laughs> and then they just kind of throw up their arms there. Well, I don't know what to do with that. It doesn't fit their worldview. Um, what's fascinating to me though, is that in the book and in the movie, I interviewed John Burke, who is a Christian pastor? He's a pastor of a church in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. He has um, studied a, a thousand near death experiences over 10 years. And his conclusion is when you look at what actually takes place during a near death experience, not how people interpret it, but how what actually takes place, it's consistent with Christian theology.
0: Okay, I want to. I'll push back a little bit, not because I disagree with you, but I know based on our past interviews that uh, I always get the comments about, you know, Buddhists having sort of these Buddhist near-death experiences, or uh, you know, other religions having uh, a near-death experience that tracks with their religion.
1: Yeah, here's the problem with that. They studied 500 uh, 500 near-death experiences in India, 500 in the United States, and compared them. They were the same. They're basically the same. Um, People in India, for instance, uh, a Hindu, does not experience the god of Shiva during a near-death experience. Uh, they have the same kind of experience that everybody has. Now here's the difference. It's how we interpret it. So in other words, um, it's common in a near death experience to encounter a being of light. Um, We understand that to be God. Yeah. Um, Now a Hindu may have a near death experience where this being of light is holding a book and they may interpret that as saying, Oh, that's consistent with Hinduism. That's the book of karma. Uh, Okay. But, That's an interpretation, whereas uh, um, uh, um, God does have a book in Christian theology. It's a book of life, Mm -hmm. and so it's consistent with Christian theology. So I think we have to look at what actually takes place as opposed to how people view it through their worldview. But people are much more apt to see Jesus than anybody
0: else. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I, I believe it. I just know that uh, people have a hard time in a lot of ways. What about the ones that are maybe just dreams or brain chemistry? Because surely that happens too. It does. And, um, you know, we also have false reports.
1: Uh, Several years ago, there was a young man who claimed that he died and went to heaven and met Jesus. Um, and there was a motion picture made of it. And there was yeah. a book written about it. And he <laughs> later confessed, he made the whole thing up. I interviewed him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was very convincing. I mean, that's why I really focus on the cases with corroboration.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: cases published in medical journals. Um, you know, I, I, I looked at the case of the woman from Atlanta, Georgia, who had a brain aneurysm, bleeding in her brain. They uh, lowered her body temperature in a special surgery to 60 degrees. She had uh, three tests showed she had zero brain waves, zero brain waves. She had no heartbeat. She's clinically dead. Her eyes are taped shut. She has. Um, earplugs in her ears that have a hundred decibels of sound going in, which is the sound of a freight train next year. And she has this incredible surgery. Well, she says, I was conscious the whole time, despite the fact having zero brain waves. And um, she was able to, here's a corroboration. She was able to describe the exact unusual surgical instruments that were used during her surgery, even though they had been covered up prior to her surgery she was able to recount some of the conversations that took place during her surgery in the uh, surgical suite. Uh, Things that she could not have known if indeed she had zero brainwaves at the time. So these are the kind of corroborated cases that I'm looking at. And uh, um, to to me, these are convincing that indeed our consciousness or our spirit does continue
0: to exist. Surely, I would think the doctors and the nurses in that room when they found that out because they're gonna yeah. know you know they know exactly yeah. they're, they're you don't have to prove anything to them. i think they would follow their knees do you see any conversions around these things
1: I know. I mean, there's a story of the woman, uh, not just a story, but a medical report of the woman in um, England who died after an abortion, uh, bled to death. And um, she later was revived out of her death state. And she said, by the way, the ceiling fan in the emergency room has a red sticker on the top of the blade uh, that she was able to see from her perspective after her soul had separated from her body. And they they got a ladder in the emergency room. and They looked, and sure enough, on the uh, invisible to the people in the room, but from the top, they were able to see this red um, sticker. Yeah. Um, these kind of things just just blow my mind. There was a woman who not only was she dead, she was declared dead. She was being wheeled off to the morgue. She is suddenly revived, and she says she's able to recount. The designs on the ties of the people in the emergency room when she was deceased, uh, what their ties look like. She recalled a joke that was told by one of the doctors to Jesus. try to relieve the tension in the
0: in the room. So these are really convincing cases. You keep talking about the people going up. Does everyone go yeah. up? Do they all see yeah, heaven no. or do uh, do you think people no. see the alternate? Yeah. 23% of people
1: have hellish experiences uh, in their near-death experience. And I think the real number is probably a lot higher, but most people are too embarrassed to say, oh yeah, I died and I went to hell because I'm frankly an awful person. Um, So we have in our movie interviewed uh, Howard Storm as an example. Howard was an atheist. He was an art professor at a secular university. And he died in, in the hospital, but he said, I was conscious the whole time. And he describes how he had this hellish experience, how these demons literally reduced him to roadkill. Just he said, no horror film can, can even come close to describing the horror of what I went through. Uh, when he was finally revived, he, by the way, he called out to Jesus in the middle of this, mm. and Jesus rescued him from this. Mm. And uh, when he was revived, he not only resigned his tenured position at the university, he not only renounced his atheism, he not only became a Christian, he became a uh, ordained minister and is now pastor of a tiny little church in rural America. And we interview him in the movie. He has PTSD. I mean, this was such a uh traumatic experience and so you know i think the 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 good news is hell heaven is real the bad news is hell is real yeah
0: okay uh this is the film the case for heaven the the documentary which is available now on pureflix uh you guys can go to pureflix.com and check that out uh fascinating uh and probably I mean, so this movie has been seen. Uh, yeah, had a theatrical release a bit, didn't it? It did. Yeah. It, it did extremely well in theatrical release. About fifty percent more uh, viewers
1: than we had ever anticipated.
0: Wow. Okay. So a lot of people have seen this. Um, yes. I'm guessing you're you've gotten some feedback because this probably rattled some people uh, who aren't believers. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe. Woke up some sleeping believers and and got other people really excited. What do you, what do you, what kind of feedback have you gotten on the, on the,
1: got incredible feedback. Um, uh, You know, for the believers, the general feedback we get is that it has strengthened their faith. It has encouraged them in their faith and give them more confidence uh, in their faith Um, from the non-believers or people who are kind of spiritual seekers who have viewed it. They've taken this seriously and, And uh, many of them have said, I need to read the book because it goes into much more detail and depth and it's all footnoted and documented. Um, um, We've had cases of people who come to faith as a result of it. Um, And I hope more and more of that happens. I hope that people use this documentary as a way to reach out to friends and say, hey, you know, why don't we watch this together? Because honestly, Randy, um, people are, I think today, more than a lot of times in history, very open to talking about the afterlife. Mm. 30% of people know someone who's died during the pandemic. Mm. Um, I lost my brother, my own brother, who was an atheist, died during the pandemic. Um, and, and so I think I, we're more open to this question of well, what does happen when we die? I wanna know. I'm, um, I remember my wife and I were at a restaurant and the waitress burst into tears. And we said, what's wrong? And she said, oh, I'm so sorry. I almost didn't come into work today. We just lost a family member to COVID. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, here's a young woman, probably 18 years old, never thought about death before. Why should she? She's got her whole life ahead of her, but now death has come knocking on her family's door. And now she's got apprehension. Now she's got anxiety about it. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to minister and
0: share with her. And I,
1: I think it's just an easy time to get into conversations along
0: these lines. All right, uh, you 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 know me a little bit. Are you ready to go off? off? track a little bit with sure. some questions these questions yeah. are not in the in the pre-planned the, the suggested okay. questions that the publisher provides sure. because you brought something up yeah and okay so there is a well-known minister I, I won't mention his name he he passed yeah. away several years ago who sat here with us and we're you know we were talking about some different different things as we do around here and he said he said I would never say this publicly but I suspect that for people who die without Christ, God God has something up his sleeve. Mm. Now, I know you're familiar with this idea of Christian universalism, you know, when we yeah. see scriptures that say Jesus died for the sin of the world, things like every knee will bow and every tongue confess. Some draw the conclusion that you're going to heaven, you just don't know it. Kinda of, yeah. kind of thing. And and I do not agree with that. So anybody right. watching out there, I I I, I can't I can't read all of scripture and come to that conclusion. But when you talk about these uh, near-death experiences where someone has died, but they come back to the body and then they get a glimpse Mm -hmm. of hell, I kind of go, is there sort of a great divorce kind of thing going Mm -hmm. on here where God gives us the opportunity at some point where we've left the body and get a glimpse of reality to come to him? Uh, And you mentioned, you know, you lost a brother who was an atheist. We don't know what happened between the time that that he was not able to respond to you and and now. Uh, But we know God is really good and he's gone through a lot of trouble to to offer salvation. Yeah. Do you see anything in there that says maybe God's got something that we don't know about that's just an extra bit of grace and mercy?
1: Well, here it's a it's a great question. I deal with this in my book. Um, okay. We don't really teach it in the movie. I deal with this in my book. I deal with Christian universalism, the idea that we're all ultimately saved. And like you, I don't buy it. I think it's a heretical position. I think it's false, uh, and I document that in the book through scripture and and show that universalism is not biblical. However, that uh, there is a um, uh, an issue raised by some people, including Martin Luther which is, is there the possibility of salvation after death? Hmm. Uh, there's a new book out published by University Academic uh, on this question um, called Postmortem Opportunity. Hmm. And the question is, Would some people who didn't get a chance to hear the gospel in this world, not people who've heard the gospel and rejected it, but people uh, supposedly live on an island somewhere, they don't hear the gospel, or they were mentally disabled during their life and couldn't understand the gospel, or they were given a false gospel, or they were an infant when they died and never understood the gospel, could it be, and Martin Luther seems to suggest yes, that after death, they would get an opportunity to respond to the gospel. Um, that's a very interesting question. I deal with it in my book uh, through an interview with a Christian philosopher. Um, and there is, as I say, some new book, uh, new, uh, a respectable mm-hmm. book by a respectable Christian publisher that is out on I haven't read it yet. I've got yeah. it. Um, but I think um, it's it's an interesting question. Um, I don't have an answer right now. Yeah. I think That's there fair. may be some problems with it, but um, you know Martin Luther seemed to lean in that direction, yeah. and he was no slouch theologically. So um, it, it's it's an open question, open but question. I think it shouldn't dis- it shouldn't dissuade us or discourage us from sharing the gospel to everyone we can. Yeah,
0: and, and I think that is the danger. Of course, you would have that book, Lee Strobel. By the way, you you, you have yeah. that book. <laughs> but I think both of us would agree. Why would you wait? Uh, because yeah. salvation is not just for the afterlife it's, it's right. for now. I, I, what is paul i think he was writing to timothy when he said take take hold uh, of eternity now to what you were called yeah. now something like that there's an immediacy yeah. to hey right. let, let's let's do this now and, and right. that would be our message right
1: yeah, absolutely. 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 To respond now while you can in, uh, and, and to live a life of, I remember Can Knievel, the famous yeah. motorcycle daredevil guy who uh, came to faith at the end of his life and had read my book and we became friends and and uh, his biggest lament was, if I'd only come to faith as a teenager, I could have lived my life differently. Yeah. And that haunted him. And, and because he didn't come to faith until a few years before he died. He was in his, uh, yeah. I think, late 60s. Yeah. And so, you know, he knew he would go to heaven, which yeah. is great. But he missed this life. He missed living a life oh. of, of, of following Christ. And so I think you're right. Uh, we want to come to faith, not just so we can be assured of eternity in heaven with God, but so we can live a life with God and be salt and light to a world that desperately needs him.
0: Yeah. I mean, Jesus himself said, I came that you would have life and life more abundantly. He means yes. he means now. I mean, that's right. Yeah, so, I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I do really. I mean, why wait? If you're on the bubble, you're watching this and you're thinking, I'm just curious about this whole thing. I just, 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 just try it. Just, just yeah. jump in. I mean, hey, if the pool's empty, you're not going to get wet. But if you jump in and it changes okay. everything, you, you'll, you'll see. I want yeah. to ask you real quickly before I let yeah. you go um, about some of the people in the documentary itself. Yeah. Uh, of course, I saw yeah. uh, Francis Chan, um, Miel San yes. Marcos, which not a lot of Americans know, but a fabulous Spanish yes. language uh, worship leader. Yes. But you also have Luis Palau.
1: Yes. Yeah. I interviewed Luis Palau. He knew he was dying. He's the famous evangelist. He shared his faith with a billion people uh, during his lifetime. He was a friend of mine and my hero of mine Mm. and he knew he was dying. And I wanted to interview someone who a Christian who knew they were about to go to heaven. Mm. And I had a very profound interview with Luis Palau in the movie. um, You hear the audio tape, uh, but he died before we were able to get it on video. But I did have an audio tape and uh, it was a profound interview. And the one thing he told me, I said to him, Louise, when you're in heaven for a while, if you could send a text message back to earth, to all the Christians on earth, what do you think it would say? And he kind of smiled and he said, I think it would say, 'Go go for it. Share the message with someone. Take a risk get into a spiritual conversation. The Holy Spirit will guide you. He'll convict them of their sin. You just share this good news of Christ. And then I said, well, what do you think if you could send a message back from heaven to those who aren't believers? And and he thought for a second, he said, I think I'd say, don't be stupid.
0: <laughs> In
1: other words, do the right thing, receive Christ. Why would you not?
0: Yeah, I, I love it. Um, and that really, that's that's what we're saying if you guys are watching and, yeah. and again, you have not made that kind of decision. Lee, I know you've got another interview. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Sure. Is there anything I missed before I let you go? I want to give you the last word.
1: No, just to say that, uh, you know, the ministry that y'all have with the wells that you drill mm-hmm. in uh, countries that need water that last time I was on the show, uh, with, uh, uh, Sheila Walsh and the gang, I, uh, uh, our my wife and I uh, built a well. We yeah. said, we want to we do that. We want to be part of that. And that's a great blessing to our life to know that through the ministry there that we're blessing people in a very physical way and bringing them a cup
0: of cold water. Uh, and, you know, I think that illustrates part of the joy of having Christ now and yes. not just for the afterlife because you can make a difference through yeah. very practical things and meeting people's needs. And we appreciate you, Lee, and your support um and just bless you and, and love what you're doing so thank you again for just for everything you. your friendship your support and take the time to to talk about the case for heaven i appreciate that god bless you and your viewers absolutely and check out the website right here it's thecaseforheavenmovie.com Uh, And you can go watch it. Uh, Pure Flix. If you don't have Pure Flix, you should just get Pure Flix. You get all sorts of great stuff. And come back. We've got more for you right here on Life Today Live. We'll see you again next time.
1: God incarnate as the appointed mediator between God and man. No man comes to the Father but by me.